It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. Christmas weekend. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to the stock market. Holy cow, what a great present. Stocks just keep getting the new highs or close to new highs, and the Kudlow Trust is doing very well, and um, it's all good. It's all good. Can it last? I don't know. Dow is up 81 this past week. NASDAQ 179, S&P 535. Just looking at these numbers before we get to our distinguished guest year-to-date. Year to date, the Dow's up 13%, the NAS is up 43%, the S&P 500 is up 24%. Interesting, the Dow Jones total market index, that's getting, puts everything in there, 24% increase this year. And you go down the list and everybody's happy. The only one's not happy is China. China's off 17.4%. That's the Hang Seng Index. Anyway, tough darts, China. Let's talk to our friend Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist of Hightower Advisors and uh, Head of Investment Solutions, and Kenny Polcari, Managing Partner at Case Capital Advisors and Chief Market Strategist at Slate Stone Wealth. So, Stephanie Link... It's all good. I don't know. It's all good. What's the wisdom? Merry Christmas, first of all. My, nothing but love to you and Kenny. Interest rates down, stocks up. I'm going to say profits surprising on the upside. The profits of the mother's milk of stocks. Um, what's driving stocks to these new records, Stephanie Link? Well, and Merry Christmas to you, Larry. I'm so thrilled to be on um, with Kenny as well. Well, I think what's going on is that the Fed has engineered a soft landing, uh, which is everybody was very skeptical. A year ago at this time, everybody was calling for gloom and doom for 2023. They were talking about recession by now in 2023, and that actually did not happen. And, in fact, we saw acceleration in growth throughout the year, we started the year at 2% GDPs in the first quarter, 2.1 in the second, 4.9 in the third, which just wowed everybody. And right now, the Atlanta Fed tracker for 4Q is at 2.6%. Um, and I think a lot of it is because you're seeing inflation come down and growth remaining stable. And so people feel good about 2024 and the earnings outlook, to your point, Stocks follow profits on the way up and on the way down. And right now, the numbers are actually going higher, and there's more confidence to be had. Um, we're, nowhere, we're not close yet to where the Fed wants to be on inflation, but we're really we're getting there. You know, you've gone from a CPI of 9.1 down to 2.8% on a six-month annualized basis. Core yesterday, the core PCE, the best since March of 21. Um, and, again, the, the, the growth side of the equation, when you look at retail sales, you look at the housing data that we got last week, look at the consumer hanging in, you know, kind of looks pretty good right now. Wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's Merry all I can Christmas. say. Merry Christmas. Ken Pocari, what, uh, what, what, do you, what do you make of all that? 
I agree with everything Stephanie says because it certainly feels like a Merry Christmas. It feels like we're all going in the right direction, and so everyone should be quite happy with that. Where I'm confused and where this goes off the off the rails for me is that all that good news that Stephanie just talked about and, you know, you and I can talk about uh, does not, to me, suggest that there's any reason that the Fed then needs to stimulate the economy by cutting rates. Now, now I think parts of the market are assuming five and six times in 2024, which seems to me to be completely uh, illogical compared to the story that Stephanie just held, because everything is going along fine. The economy is great. Unemployment is low. Labor market is strong. Inflation is coming down. So why do and the by the way, Treasury yields are also coming down and have eased tremendously. Mortgages have gone from 8 percent to nearly 7 percent. That's a 16 percent decline. Right. in the cost of money. So. So, so what's the push to get the Fed to cut rates five or six or seven times in 2024 makes no sense to me. Well, they got to juice the economy for Biden. Well, Oops, well, did I say that? Oh, yeah. no. I said that. You How did that we get out? I don't know. I don't know. That's a terrible thought. Uh, the Fed is completely independent of political. But you got a 390, uh, 10, you know, I mean, rates are, let's say the 10 years come down over 100 basis points. So, Steph, that'll do it right there. I mean, boom, right? The present yep. value of future earnings goes up as interest rates go down, as I recall. Yes, sir. So, we went from, in the last month, we went from expectations of being like the Fed is going to either maybe 25 basis points to, of hiking or just staying higher for longer to now all of a sudden what Kenny just mentioned, all, all sorts of cuts. Um, obviously, the Fed, they, are, they went to 75 basis points in cuts in the, in the dot plots. But you also had investment-grade spreads are now 60 basis points tighter You've had a 20% drop in crude. You mentioned rates, so that's a stimulating uh, housing. And as I said, every single data point last week in housing was pretty encouraging. Single-family permits up 18%. Single-family starts up six, uh, up 18%. Um, so really a good part of the, the problems that we've seen over the last year, year and a half in housing is starting to reverse itself because of what you just mentioned on, on lower interest rates. So, and oh, by the way, Larry, guess what? We have $6 trillion in money markets on the sidelines. Hmm. So fine, beginning of the year when rates, in middle of the year when rates were really much higher, you did see cash sorting. You saw money come out of all sorts of instruments and go into cash and into fixed income to get that yield capture. Well, guess what? Now, as you mentioned, we're down at a 389.10 year. And you know what? Maybe cash isn't as exciting when you have a market that's up 23%. I'm not saying the market's going to be up 23% again next year. In fact, I do worry that the growth will stay stronger for longer. And, yeah, maybe the Fed doesn't cut as much. But I do think profits will hang in there. And so we could have a pretty decent year for next year. Kenny, what about the inverted yield curve and the 20 consecutive months of declining leading indicators index? Right. And so we're almost going on. Do you realize it's going to be almost two years of that inverted yield curve? I think February, mm -hmm. right? February of 21 or February of 22 is when they inverted, right? So we're almost going on two years of an inverted yield curve. So it seems to be why isn't that theory holding up that it was, you know, 12 to 16 months out when the, when the economy hit a recession once the yield curve inverts? Well, we're now into almost 20 months of it, and we're still 
No recession in sight, soft landing in sight. I think a lot of that is because the Fed continues to, they just continue to print money, so they're really navigating that in. Why that doesn't seem to be uh, 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 hitting home with so many people is beyond me. But I think as long as they keep doing that, then they are, in fact, going to avoid the crash landing or at least put it off. Because I think ultimately when it crashes, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a tough landing. But they, they have succeeded in pushing it off. And I think to your point, next year it's the presidential election year. Let's be honest. Oh, Kevin Hassett uh, was on the TV show this week, he just came right out and said it. I didn't say it. He said it first. Mild-mannered, Ken Hassett just said, the Fed Fed is run by a bunch of Democrats, and they're going to juice the economy for Biden. I just love it. Mild-mannered, Kevin Hassett said that. They're going to juice the economy, but they're going to reignite. The the fear with that is that they're going to reignite inflation, and then what do they do? Why is gold uh, so high, Ken Paul Carey? Two thousand fifty-three. Why, if, if the Fed is so tight, why is gold so high? Well, because I, I think you've seen a, a real decline in the dollar. We've gone from one oh, nearly one oh four down. Uh, I think it closed on Friday at one oh one fifty, which is a which is a significant decline in the dollar. And if you look at gold and other commodities, with the decline in the dollar, the commodities have all rallied commensurate. Right? I think. I think. Uh, uh, gold is up about 8% during that same time that we saw the dollar uh, fall in value. And if the dollar is falling in value, it's because the expectation is that they're going to cut rates. The dollar you know, is going to be less attractive. So the dollar got weaker and commodities then, in fact, uh, start to lift their head. I think go- I like gold. I like gold as an investment. And uh, I think if we continue to see the dollar weaken, then you'll see continued upside, upside uh, surprises for gold and other commodities, by the way. One other thing, uh, Steph, Stephanie, the uh, Brent crude, 79 bucks, you know, Middle East war, Red Sea war, but right. um, oil really hasn't done anything. I mean, it's come down. Let's face it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a big that's a big plus for this overall story. Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, I think that's what's helping the consumer for sure. All of the um, the the higher costs commodity costs, everything is coming down, supply chains are getting fixed. Um, and I think not only is it going to help the consumer, but it helps uh, corporations as well. It's going to help the margin story for uh, for the S&P 500 companies that are reporting earnings. And most, I think if you can stay in like a 2 2.5% GDP growth rate for next year, that's gonna. That's fine for the top line for corporations um, in, in terms of revenues. And on the margin side, as I just as I just mentioned, I think margins are going to come in a little bit better than expected, given that their you know the the, the interest rates are, are down and commodities are down. And again, yeah, supply chains are fixed. So all of that thing, all of that kind of suggests that we have a pretty good earnings year. And if you have falling inflation with a core PCE at 3.2%, that supports higher multiples. If you put a 20 multiple on 2024 earnings for S&P 500 of 245, that gets you 4,900 on the S&P. Hang on a second. I'm just looking. The S&P is 47.54. Is that that's not quite an all time high or is it? It's uh, at a, it's a, it is close to an all-time Almost. high. Very close. And thirty-seven three eighty-five is that an all-time high in the Dow? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's close. It's real I mean, close. you're close. You're close. close. You're close. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, no one was no one was talking about it a year ago. You know, everyone thought we were going. There were some. There were some strategists thinking that we were going to thirty-five hundred on the S and P. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Wait, but Stephanie, do you think that earnings can grow double digits, twelve percent, uh, like the like the market estimates at two forty five? Do you really think that's possible, or do you think it's a little bit rich? Well, I think anywhere from nine to eleven percent. Yeah, something ten percent. I think it's very it's very possible. Again, Kenny, if we stay at a better growth rate, and we yeah. have still have a consumer that's pretty healthy, and you have Still, believe it or not, stimulus in the system, right? That infrastructure stuff is, is not yeah. even into the economy, right? So if you have all that, so, so you have the industrial part of the economy doing well, too. Like, that's a nice momentum. And I think, again, I think the margins, everyone's telling me or talking to me about, oh, margins are going to roll hard. People have been saying that for the last 10 years. <laughs> U.S. companies, if, if demand falls, starts to fall, companies will restructure so quickly. You know that just as well as I do. They will cut no, look, costs and do whatever they can. They're going to keep right. those margins elevated. And, and then, again, then you get all these other things that are in their favor on the cost side. I, I just I feel better about it. Right. Are you worried at all about the weakness that we saw, the weak guidance from three fairly big uh, companies, FedEx and, uh, and Nike and General Mills last week? So I would say uh, Nike has company-specific issues. Um, right. I think their innovation is lacking, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a, for example, I'm a runner, and I used to use Nike sneakers all the time. I went to Hoka. There's a lot of competition out there in the athleisure world, um, and I think they, they're going to be just fine. But I do think th- that the company was cautious on guidance, and a lot of the, the reaction to the stock was because the stock rallied 37% from the lows into the print. So yeah. the quarter was in line. The guidance was a little soft. Okay. So not, not everything's perfect, but I do think there's some Nike-specific. FedEx, same same drill. It was up 62% year-to-date headed into the print, and, and their ground business is doing well, and their freight business is doing well. It's the express business that is not doing well, and I think UPS is actually taking share from them. General Mills, I'm a little bit bummed out about their pet food business. I personally have been supporting their pet food business with my four animals, but uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that one is uh, – that, that, that's the problem. The problem they have is they don't have pricing power as much as they had been. So I think you can – I think there are kind of these one-offs here, and uh, I think you're going to see better times ahead in terms of earnings going forward. I'm into New Balance myself. Ah. I love New Balance. They're I, great. By the way, New Balance, they have – their sneaker shoes. They're like black. They're all black, uh, and mm-hmm. they're basically sneakers. And But I wear them, I wear them to work. I wear them on set. They're so comfortable, it's unbelievable. Okay. And right. they, look, know. they look, you know, from a distance, they look like dress shoes. I have to I try them. I haven't, New Balance is something that I haven't heard in years. Like, I don't hear people talking about New Balance. I'm telling like, you, it's a a really. And I wear their <laughs> tennis sneakers all the time. I wear them to yeah. play tennis, and I wear them to jog. I jog around the flagpole up here in Connecticut. It's not a big <laughs> jog. It's a, it's a modest jog for, you know, an old fellow. <laughs> Very important stuff. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking. The Cudlow Trust is doing very well. We're talking to Stephanie Link, Hightower Advisors and Investment Solutions. We're talking to Kenny Polcari of Case Capital Advisors and Sladestone Wealth. All is well in the stock market. I'm Cudlow. Merry Christmas. We'll be right back. This is the Larry Cudlow Show. Back to the Larry Gudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're talking stocks with Stephanie Link, 
chief investment strategist of Hightower, at Hightower Advisors and head of investment solutions, and Kenny Polcari, managing partner at Case Capital Advisors and chief market strategist at Slade Stone Wealth. So, kids, let's talk about 2024. 2023, great year for stocks, as it turns out. 2024, Stephanie Link, what do you make of it? Uh, well, I think, as I as we talked about, I think growth will, will hang in there, around 2% or so uh, for the economy. That should lead to decent revenues. Margins will hold up, decent earnings. Um, I, I, as we mentioned, maybe 10% growth overall in earnings. Um, and I think some of the themes for 2024, I, I, one of my favorites, and we met, I touched on it, is housing. Uh, at lower rates, um, we've, we have 5 million homes short in the country. We have 5 million millennials just starting to buy homes, 13 years of the home builders underproducing. So I like the supply-demand characteristics there. Uh, in fact, in a recent purchase for me was Sherwin-Williams, but I think Home Depot will do well. I, like, I still like financials. I have. I think you're going to see a little bit of a steepening of the yield curve and less cash sorting. I like Charles Schwab there. And anything that's tied to aerospace or onshoring in the industrial industry, uh, industries, I like those very much. I have Boeing, GE, Parker Hannifin, Freeport McMoran. There's, uh, mm. there's a lot of good names out there. Mm. Wow. Uh, Kenny Bocari, what about the AI play? So I think the AI play is, is here. It's not going away for sure. And it's only going to become more integral in our lives as, you know, as we move forward. You can see that almost weekly now, right? So I continue to like the AI play and cybersecurity for sure. Anything in that space, I think, is where you, uh, you need some exposure, however you get it, whether you get it through, uh, you know, stocks uh, like C3.ai, which is, which is an AI play direct, or whether you All get right. it through yeah, like CIBR, which is a cybersecurity ETF. Stephanie Link and Ken Polcari. Merry Christmas, kids. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas to you. Thanks for everything. So we're going to take a quick break and do some money in politics on the other side. we got Liz Peak. we got Steve Moore. I'm Kudlow. Merry Christmas. 